Hello and welcome to the Head First Podcast. My name is Joe O'Brien, I'm your host and creator of the Head First Podcast and the Head First Instagram page, which you can find using the handle Head First Zero. This podcast is here to bring you all things psychology and mental health, so check out the other episodes if you have an interest in psychology and in mental health. This podcast is sponsored by Spectrum Mental Health, who are a mental health company who do counselling and psychotherapy, as well as corporate psychology services. So I work within their clinical team. If you have any questions regarding the services that I provide or the services that Spectrum provide, you can email me at joeobrien at mentalhealth.ie or contact me through my Instagram page. Okay, so today I'm going to be talking about my career and psychology as a career in general. Um, I put up a question box there a while ago on my Instagram and I got about 60 questions um, in relation to what I do and just psychology as a career. Um, I'm going to answer some of the most popular ones um, kind of in relation to myself, but I'm going to answer them in kind of a Q&A format. There were lots of questions about like educational psychology and things that I don't know a lot about, so I haven't answered those ones, but I have answered kind of the the most popular ones and they're very much related to I guess my career story so I hope you guys find this interesting I certainly find it interesting and I know if you're kind of studying psychology or even if you just want to know a little bit about what a career in psychology is like um yeah this might be might be kind of cool to listen to the first one that I thought was maybe the most interesting was why did I study psychology um it's one I get asked an awful lot I think I've always had an interest in psychology um, from like literally when I was a young age, like really young age, probably 13 or 14. I was someone who struggled in my own life when I was younger. Um, and I think the first time I noticed it was in kind of related to sports and like performance. Um, I was incredibly anxious before big matches. So any kind of big match, I would I would literally be, be I would be physically sick in, a, in the toilet before a big match. Um, I wouldn't eat because I would try and avoid that sick feeling, but I would still end up dry heaving and it was just, it was awful. Um, and that always got me thinking about like the relationship between kind of psychology, your like mental well-being, and your fitness and performance. Because I would never play well in those games. And I was someone who like I played at quite a high level in terms of rugby. Um, so I would have been quite, you know, high expectations, kind of trying to be a high achiever. And I used to always kind of, I guess, let myself down because I wouldn't feel myself properly and I wouldn't play well then because I was sick and, and all of the rest. So I think that was the first time I remember like thinking to myself, um, yeah, something psychological is going on here that's not related to anything like physical. And yeah, just, I guess, thinking about that was the first experience I had of it. Um, and I suppose like everyone, I had my own personal experiences of, of difficulties. And I remember being a teenager and wanting to be a therapist because I thought to myself, you know, I want to be someone who, who helps people like me who are having a hard time. So I think I remember feeling like that in school, I think, like everyone does, you know, they they have experiences like things like bereavement and, and you know, traumatic experiences or just difficult experiences. And I think that often gets people thinking about psychology and the impact that it has on themselves and I think that was definitely um the case for me um I one of my family recently told me that they find it bizarre that I ask why about everything um that like no matter what comes up I would question why that's happening you know why did someone behave that way why did I behave that way why did I feel this way um and I've I remember always feeling like that I've always 
asked myself why you know why is this happening why is this the way it is like questioning everything and I think that's very much the way a psychologist or a mental health professional would see the world so I think like that also you know fed into to me being in in this profession because yeah they definitely relate and like thinking about things in that way is definitely helpful as a mental health professional I think now obviously my idea when I was kind of 15 or 16 was like I want to be a therapist well I wanted to be a rugby player um but that, that failed um so therapist was option number two but that's kind of shifted for me I, I've switched from what I thought I would be doing which was clinical psychology I think a lot of people when they go into psychology when they begin think oh clinical psychology because like that's what they think you know therapy is or whatever that's obviously changed to health psychology for me over time um kind of led me to where I am now and that was shaped by a couple of different things as well um namely I guess me having a big interest in nutrition me having a big interest in physical health anyway um the fact that there was a significant psychological piece that went with nutrition I thought that was really interesting to be able to combine combine the two so that partially led me to to where I am now as well and it leads in great to my next question which was what do I actually do in my day-to-day job? I think I have the coolest job ever. I think I I really enjoy my job. It's really, um, it has a huge variety. It's really exciting. It changes all the time. Um, so in terms of what I do, I do one-to-one sessions. So that would be this kind of like talk therapy, but like health psychology interventions. So the focus would be on a health behavior. That could be smoking, drinking, um, nutrition nutrition specifically i think i've like a special interest in in eating behavior but it's everything from like sleep nutrition exercise uh smoking drinking whatever it is like the health behavior is the thing of of the focus but i would look at the psychological factors so a lot of those things include like i've spoken about on this podcast on my instagram um things like uh how emotions impact things how past experiences or ways that past experiences impact how we think kind of limiting beliefs that we hold ourselves and how to kind of address those or how to manage those so all of the different psychological factors that play into health behaviors that's what i would do in my one-to-one sessions i also do group work so that would be either like one-off group sessions or like ongoing group sessions for for an example i have a group session or have five group sessions which i'm doing with a dietitian in january um as like a course so that is on emotional eating and for example, we would start on week one and introduce everybody to emotional eating and along those five weeks, explain all the different factors and pull them apart and give people exercises and things like that. So I do group work, one-to-one sessions. I also do training for health professionals. So obviously psychology comes up in every kind of avenue of, of health. I think every health behavior has a psychological component to it. So I think training health professionals in psychology and specifically health psychology can be really helpful for, I guess, to help them in their practice. So I designed a training program for them. Also do research as part of my doctorate work. Um, I do consultancy. So like if people kind of wanted professional advice or advice on behalf of like a corporate entity, um, I would do some consultancy work. And then I obviously do like the talks, seminars, podcasts, Instagram, etc. So that is like my week in a nutshell. Um, it's incredibly uh, varied. I'm really lucky that I have that variety. I think I don't know if I could do like five days a week of, of one-to-one sessions or, or otherwise. I think like I like that variety. 
so as a health psychologist, I guess you, you get the opportunity to practice in lots of different areas. I think it's, it's a really cool field to be in. Um, but like I said, I don't know if I could do the one-to-one stuff all the time. And that kind of leads me into the question that I got next, which I, I only got one question, but I thought it was really, um, only one person asked this, but I thought it was really important to address. How do psychologists deal with the stress of the job? Now, I think this, um, it's particularly like this difficulty is something that every psychologist faces, right? Um, it's incredibly difficult. I think it's, it's naive to think that we are just not impacted by it. I think every psychologist will acknowledge that they, they are to some extent. Um, and the, the metaphor that I was given before is like doing deep kind of psychological work or like any kind of mental health work is like jumping into a swimming pool and expecting not to get wet. Um, so with that in mind, it's the equivalent, like you're listening to a lot of people's difficulties all the time. And I guess the sessions can become quite emotional, right? If people are talking about difficult emotions that come up for them, ways they're feeling, ways they're coping, that can be incredibly impactful and exposing yourself to that level of intensity all the time is difficult. I don't think there's any way to to avoid that. I don't think people become immune to it. I think people just kind of learn to maybe manage it better. The ways that psychologists manner, manage the stress of the job, um, firstly, is through a thing called supervision. Um, what supervision is, it's essentially going to a preferably more senior um, therapist, but someone who's a qualified supervisor. You go to them with like your caseload. So you'll talk to them about the cases that you you work with, for example, I might go in and say, you know, I have somebody who I feel like maybe is is I I'm not giving them the right kind of support, or I'm finding it difficult supporting them with X, Y, and Z, and your supervisor will kind of give you some insight or some different ways of thinking, and that makes sure that the clinician, like the psychologist themselves, is practicing what they should. I guess it's an extra level of of safety and an extra way to show that you know you're doing the right thing or you're doing the wrong thing and here are some ideas about how to kind of think about it differently. So that would be supervision. Psychologists also in good doctor training programs, they are expected to do personal therapy. So that means that people who are psychologists, specifically clinical and counseling, because it's renowned in, in those areas, clinical and counseling psychologists will have done their own personal therapy. And that could be like bi-weekly for their entire training for like three years so if you take that like they will have had you know 70 80 100 sessions of their own therapy the reason that's important is because firstly that the job is really stressful it can be incredibly emotionally impactful as you can imagine people who get into psychology often have you know experiences like i mentioned earlier like they might have been through a bereavement and the person who sits opposite them in the chair might be talking about bereavement they might have had you know other difficult experiences and those things might come up in their sessions and that's why it's important to go through the personal therapy piece because i think it can be particularly impactful if you're if you're a therapist and you haven't gone through that and you still have a lot of things that are raw and very kind of real for you um, and I think working in that kind of circumstance or that situation all day would definitely have an impact on you, right? So I think personal therapy, like doing our own therapy is really important for both managing ourselves, but also like knowing our blind spots. So if someone comes in and let's say like I had an eating disorder, 
and I never kind of got support with that and I never did my own therapy I could potentially be and, and someone comes into me and they're talking about their eating disorder I could potentially be pushing my eating disorder views or kind of you know things onto them which are unhelpful for them and unhelpful for me unless I had addressed them or kind of realized that that was happening so I think personal therapy is is huge um, for psychologists in order to manage their own mental well-being I think it's yeah it's it's absolutely I, I guess there's a reason why it's part of the the doctorate programs is because it's important right we don't want our clients to be to fall into I guess some of our own issues or we don't want our our personal stuff coming into to the room when we work with someone so personal therapy is a big one and then I guess just the way we we think and stuff people people often have this misconception I guess that psychologists are all put together and they're absolutely not um we are absolutely not I think when it comes to that kind of stuff um we maybe have different tools or maybe are aware of the tools um, in order to manage better. So when things are hard for us, we'll be able to think, okay, I haven't seen my friends in a long time. I need more social support. When feelings come up for us, maybe because of all the personal therapy, we'll know, okay, I need to kind of express this in a certain way or I need to talk about this. Um, so maybe we'll have kind of more tools in the toolbox, but that doesn't mean that the difficult experiences don't happen. It doesn't mean that the difficult emotions don't come up. It doesn't mean that the job isn't stressful or, and will never impact us. It absolutely does. Um, and I think the best way we have of managing that is is through personal therapy, supervision, and also kind of looking after ourselves. And I think just because of our training and because of what we know, we maybe can identify that a little bit earlier than some people. Maybe we can, you know, know what we need in certain circumstances. Um, but that's not always the case. Like, we're very much human as well. And... Like I said, it's, it's naive to think that the job stresses and the jo job just won't impact us. Um, I think a good example of that was in Adam Kay's book. I don't know, ha has anyone read that? Um, he told a story about kind of the stresses of his job and how someone's well-being was in his hands. And when he did, you know, a bad thing or like, you know, made a mistake, or even if he didn't make a mistake and someone kind of, maybe passed away on his watch. He was a he was a junior doctor, or he was a senior doctor, I think, in, in the end. He was a doctor, anyway. Um, how, like, other people's well-being, when it's in your hands, can be a lot of responsibility and kind of letting someone down. Or even if you don't let someone down and they still don't do particularly well or something bad happens, how it, it can really, really impact you as a person, right? And I don't think any psychologist is immune to that. Um, when people's well-being is in your hands and they're kind of, physical or mental health is, is in your hands it's it's a big responsibility and you want to kind of do the do your best for for that person so um yeah that's a big one the next question i got was what doctorate am i doing i'm doing a health psychology doctorate um i wanted to clarify one thing because i i often get asked about my phd i'm not doing a phd um i know i call it a doctorate but it's actually a, a prof doc a professional doctorate the difference between a prof doc and a PhD is a prof doc is kind of like medicine in that you just do a placement. You are practicing the entire time. You're on placement for the entire time. Um, the qualification I'm going to get is D health psych, which is doctorate of doctorate in health psychology um, rather than a PhD. So a PhD is research focused. PhD generally 
I know in the UK and, and in Ireland, if you do a PhD, you research for the three years and you publish papers. Whereas a professional doctorate is all about practitioner stuff. It's like you're practicing, you're doing the work, you're on placement, and it, it's different to a PhD. Now, we do research as well, but we have a, a full-time job, which isn't research. So, slightly different. Um, like I said earlier um, about how I changed kind of from clinical to health. One of the questions I got was, why did I choose health psychology? Um, I think this one's really important, and I, I love this question. I think health psychology, there is massive scope for it in the practice of any health professional. There's, there's nothing really, there's no health behavior or no, yeah, there's nothing in health that is independent of psychology. Psychology is like, if you think psychology is the explanation of behavior right or like you know it does some way or goes some way to explaining health behavior and like how emotions and psychology play into those behaviors it's present in in all aspects of health and i think if you look at things like behavior change the area of interest that i am particularly interested is behavior change changing your behavior is important in loads of different areas look at environment right look at like global warming or climate change sorry that involves an element of people changing their behavior in order to make progress if you look at covid um again population wide how do we get people to change their behavior psychology can explain some of that um massive public health issues obesity cardiovascular disease stroke alzheimer's um smoking alcohol um nutrition physical inactivity all of these things are health behaviors and have a psychological component by nature like every aspect will have some sort of psychological component to it right psychology will do something in terms of explaining those behaviors so we think about like why did i choose health psychology i think there's such a huge aspect of of psychology in health that we just ignore we have this idea that physical health is physical health and mental health is mental health when people hear I'm a trainee psychologist, they're like, oh, like, obviously you deal with like emotions and you know, sad people. Like that's people's perception of it. But I'm dealing with people who have like physical health issues. But the, the reason why some of the some of the physical health issues are occurring is down to psychology. And I think there's this massive disconnect between our understanding of like behavior being very separate from psychology when they're very much interlinked. Um, but that's probably for another day. The basics of that argument is that when we see like an issue with food, we see someone binge eating, we think, oh, it's nutrition, we go to a nutritionist. But the reason they might be binging is psychological. So they, but people don't see that as psychological. They see it as a physical thing, right? So they go to the dietitian or the personal trainer or whatever. You would never think of going to a psychologist for a nutrition issue, right? But the reason you might find it hard to change might be psychological. So again, like there's this disconnect between, you know, oh, physical health is physical health and mental health is mental health. And they don't interact with each other when they absolutely do. Um, so I think that's one of the reasons I chose health psychology. I think the other is just because, like I said, I have a really personal interest in nutrition and physical health. And the fact that I already also had an interest in psychology, those two things tying together, I just thought was super cool. Um, really interested me. Um, and the most popular question, by far the most popular question, are there jobs in psychology? Are there jobs in health psychology? I guess 
the best way to do this is to tell you guys what I did because that's all I can speak to is my experience. Um, the way I went about like getting a job in health psychology, when I was like looking up, obviously people would look up like Indeed or like you know job websites, whatever websites there are out there that that advertise jobs, LinkedIn or whatever. They would look up you know health psychology or health psychologist or whatever. And they might find nothing. And then people come to the conclusion that there are no jobs, right? The thing is, in psychology alone as a field, some people find it difficult to explain health psychology. And we're expecting, like, you know, large-scale companies to be advertising for someone with a health psychology master's degree. Like, that is just beyond belief. Like, I don't think we should have those expectations. People don't know what health psychology is. Therefore, for us to expect people to advertise for a job for us is is beyond me. I think that's a little bit too far. What I do think is that jobs will require our skill set. And it's up to us as graduates to show how our degree and how our qualifications and education apply to the job. And that's the way I went about it. So I finished my master's in 2017. I did a year working in a kind of more clinical setting. And then I came back to Ireland from the UK and I went looking for jobs. Now, did I apply for any jobs that required a health psychology master's? Absolutely not. Um, Because there are none, right? There are no jobs out there that say, oh, we require a health psychology degree. And lots of people gauge from that that there are no jobs in health psychology but that's just not the case right the way I went about it is okay I emailed I must have emailed a hundred people I was emailing people in Canada in London in Dublin um like anywhere that anywhere that essentially spoke English because I don't have a second language um and I was just like these are my skills this is what I can offer do you have a position for me or is this something like that you'd like to do or whatever um, you know, are my skills of value to you? And out of those 100 emails, I probably got 10 emails back. Out of the 10 emails back, I got four meetings. Out of those four meetings, I got two job offers. So when you look at it like that, I didn't apply for any health psychology jobs. But I offered my skill set and I told people what my skill set was. And I was like, look, psychology plays a role in this stuff it's something that people aren't addressing right now i can offer this to your company i can do x y and z these are my skills do you have a position or is there anything that we could do together something along those lines and like i said it was like one in ten that replied which is obviously not ideal out of those ten four meetings and and two job offers from those meetings and none of those were advertised jobs for a health psychologist or you know they didn't even say a psychology degree And I ended up taking one of them, right? Because I I went in and I was like, look, these are my skills. This is what I'd like to do. You guys obviously work a lot in the the company I started working for, was a company called Spectrum Wellness, which is different from the company I work for now. And they did a lot of corporate stuff, but they also worked a lot in physical health and nutrition. And I was like, well, look, this is what health psychology offers in terms of nutrition. I could, you know, I could help train some of your nutritionists. I could offer seminars and webinars on this topic to other people. Um, I could work with the clients that you're getting on the psychological side of things. Like, I can do all of this. And they saw that, you know. People believed in that. And I got 
um, a job offer from it and I took it. Um, so when people say like, are there jobs in health psychology? Are there advertised jobs in health psychology? Probably not. Are there jobs that say health psychology masters needed? Probably not. But are there jobs out there that require a health psychology skill set? A hundred percent. Like, like definitely. And what I, I guess my approach to it was that it's not, that if you go down the traditional route of looking at the job websites, you probably won't find anything. If you get in touch with people who you want to work with and offer them the skills that you know are needed. Like I knew health psychology is needed somewhere. I knew that psychology plays a big role in health behaviors. So I put myself out there and my skill set out there. And what happened from that is, you know, that gave me the opportunity to, to get a job. Um, and I think if you believe in health psychology and you believe in psychology in general and you know you have a skill set that's needed, you can offer it to the people who you feel might benefit from it. And like I said, I spent a month unemployed when I came back to Dublin. And like I said, I, I must have gotten in touch with 100 people in probably four or five different countries. And it paid off, right? And, and again, none of those were advertised jobs. I was just looking at companies that I wanted to work with, companies who would get a get some sort of value from health psychology, selling myself and telling them what I could and, and I couldn't do or what I could offer. And, you know, four interviews out of 100 isn't great, but it's it's enough. And and two job offers. So I think it's about like asking yourself, what is your skill set and who needs that skill set? Not necessarily, I can't find a job that says health psychology master is needed. Um, so I think that would be the key thing to take from this. You know, are there jobs in health psychology? Of course there are, but sometimes it might be about making them yourself rather than, than waiting for them. Um, and I think that's the hard part that people find difficult because you go onto your Indeed or LinkedIn or whatever it is and, and there are no jobs and that can be kind of disheartening. Um, but there are kind of ways around that, like I said. The next question is, do you have to make sacrifices to relationships or life when you're doing your doctorate? Um, the answer is yes, sometimes. Um, I've got a lot going on. I'm doing a doctorate with a full-time job. I do Instagram, obviously. I do the podcast. I try and have social life, um, relationships, family life, fitting in like gym or sports, exercise, whatever it is. Like it's hard. It's a lot to, to juggle. I think the way I make it work is that I have I have really good boundaries. I think I'm I'm good. I think this is a skill, right? And I think I'm actually good at saying no to things and prioritizing myself when I need to. So what that means is like people often think saying no to things means saying no to the fun things. I think I'm good at saying no to the sometimes important things in order to like put my own well-being first. So like that might mean that, you know, I have a lot of work to do or I have a lot of doctorate stuff to do a lot of people will say well I'm going to stay late and I'm going to just do this all and I'm going to cancel my plans with my friends or whatever the way I look at it is that I want to get it I want to get this doctorate done I want to get my job done but I want to get it done at the times that it's supposed to be done at if I'm not able to do it within those times then I'm not able to do it so I would think you know unless I'm able to put all my doctorate work in and put in my full-time job and put in my kind of Instagram content and everything like that in, you know, 50 
hours a week, I'd say, then I don't want to go anything outside of that. And sometimes it will, right? Uh, sometimes, you know, I will sacrifice the thing, but rarely. I think that's the key part is that I think it's not worth it to sacrifice everything in order to, you know, achieve this one thing. Now, there are times when, you know, I won't want to go out at the weekend because I want to catch up on some work. But again, it's very rare. I think, like I said, I want to get it done in the time that it's supposed to be done at rather than just getting it done at all costs. I think if I had to sacrifice everything in order to achieve it, I don't think I would. I don't think I'd do it, honestly. Um, so I don't think that's worth it. So do I have to make sacrifices? Yes, sometimes, but kind of rarely. I think the important part to me is looking after my well-being. I prefer to be happy and unemployed than, you know, have a doctorate and employed and unhappy. But again, like compromise is important. I think flexibility is the is the biggest part of this. Can you be flexible with both work and personal life in order to manage? And I think I, I do that fairly well, but I think really good boundaries are important. And then the last one on here, um, is there a hierarchy in the different mental health professions? The thing is with this, you can be really highly qualified and not be good at your job. Um, you might, might not be that well qualified and be really good at your job. So in terms of that aspect, I don't think, I think the first thing to recognize is that education level in itself doesn't mean that that prof- person is a excuse me is a good professional or like the right person for you just because they have a certain level of qualification with that in mind um in terms of professional training psychologists tend to be the highest level of qualification by just by their nature now that's not a dig at other mental health professionals but psychologists are at doctorate level or equivalent and there are no kind of the other levels aren't aren't that high in terms of like educational training so psychologists tend to have gone through an undergrad in psychology which is either three or four years they will have done a doctorate in psychology which is three or four years and often have done a master's so with that in mind it can be like eight nine maybe more of training versus like you can have a diploma in psychotherapy and it could be like a weekend course for a year it could even be like a shorter term weekend course, you know? So that's the, I guess that's the difference um, between those things. Wow, there's some building going on. I hope you guys can't hear that. Um, that would be the difference, I would say, in terms of the hierarchy. Um, generally, psychologists have the highest level of training simply because the intensity of the course, you know, um, they do their own, their mandatory personal therapy, like I said earlier, mandatory supervision, they're at a doctorate level that tends to be the most amount of training you can do as a mental health professional but that doesn't mean that a psychologist is any better than a psychotherapist just like you can have a good doctor and a bad doctor or like you know a good physio and a bad physio who have the same levels of qualification i think that's really important to grasp some people are just born to be a psychologist some people like have the personality have the kind of personal characteristics to like click with people and like talk to people and like engage with them and have empathy and all these different things so I think someone who is maybe not as well qualified can sometimes be really good as well as you know people who are really well qualified being not so good but in terms of like I said educational training like psychologist is the the highest level and then after that would probably be a psychotherapist Um, but again like psychotherapists can 
sometimes go through a lot of training they can be like master's level and have done you know four or five years and have done lots of personal therapy so i don't want to i hope that doesn't come across as like derogatory towards towards psychotherapy but that is the level of education i guess um again i think with anything it's important that if you're going to a mental health professional um i did a post on this a while ago like finding the right health professional or mental health professional it's more important that you have a good relationship with the, with them. It's important that you have a good relationship with them and that they're qualified and accredited. Like, just because I said that psychologists do like eight or nine years of training at doctorate level versus um, a psychotherapist who doesn't maybe have as long of training doesn't mean that they can't help, right? They can, of course, help. They're really well qualified as well. I think the most important part is that they're qualified and accredited. So if you get a psychotherapist who has done a master's and is accredited by a governing body, like that's a really good sign. Similarly, if you get a psychologist, make sure they're accredited, make sure they're well qualified. What I would say is like in terms of looking out for people who like aren't well qualified is like their their firstly their qualification. Is it like a really short diploma? Have they been practicing long? What experiences do they have? Um, and are they accredited by uh, a governing body as well? So, like, in terms of, like, difference, in terms of hierarchy, if you look at a psychologist who has eight or nine years training versus someone who did the one-year diploma in CBT, the psychologist has nine years of training in multiple modes of therapy, has done, like, two, three hundred hours of mandatory personal therapy and supervision, um, and is you know trained in maybe a specialist area and has multiple experiences of lots of different things someone who has the year of cbt training is trained in one form of therapy mightn't have any personal therapy done at all um, mightn't have the same amount of clinical supervision so i think all of these things are things to consider you know i think if you're looking for a psychotherapist or a psychologist i think like someone who has a kind of master's level or equivalent or at least like a post-grad qualification would be best um, similarly, similarly with a psychologist, a postgrad qualification or doctorate, um, and then accredited and qualified. So that's all I have to say on that. And um, they were the main questions. Like I said, a lot of them were the other parts, which were like, I guess, more related to the other fields. But in terms of my own experience of psychology and my career, I hope that is helpful to people. Um, I hope that kind of sharing some of those things are helpful, I think. If you have any further questions about this, please give me a shout. But yeah, I think the main thing I wanted to address here was the, the jobs in psychology and the jobs in, in health psychology specifically. And I think I've done that. So I hope that was helpful. And I hope um, yeah you found that interesting. And thank you very much. I'm sure I'll see you again.